This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. You know, when you got to get stuff done, you do it yourself and just make it happen one way or another, right? I feel like. Yeah, that is true. But equally for you, for you as, a, as a business owner, you, you definitely have had to learn how not to micromanage. Oh, yeah. You've had to learn how to delegate and just have trust in your team to say, you know, I believe they have the chops to get it done. Yes, I agree. All right, perfect. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, I. Uh, it's been interesting. We we talk about this on the radio a lot, mm. where uh, there's a there's a fine balance of understanding, um, you know, like being self aware of the people that you're working with, having empathy towards them because mm. they come from different backgrounds and different, uh, you know, they were born and raised differently, and uh, you know, how do you as a leader, how do you uh, manage in a way where it's not tyrannical. There's <laughs> that is a very strong word. You know, so, like yeah, just yeah. just it's just work. You show up and do the do the job, and then you yeah. leave. But at the same time, how do you implement it where they um, they feel like the ship that they're on, they feel just as ingrained or part of the team and ingrained to, uh, into the vision. That's been the the biggest uh, having that emotional intelligence mm. when things aren't productive, when productivity is low. Why is that? Why you know why is somebody not doing or producing as much as they were, not knowing? Hey, they just got into an accident this morning and they came into work and they their mood's been down and how they act is not because of you. Nothing to do with what's happening at work, but something that happened mm-hmm. in the morning or things like that. And just being like trying to empathize with that. Or, and, um, and I see a lot of like corporations, for example, um, I've seen where they try to force culture and they try to force things. For example, uh, they try to force corporate events mm-hmm. or they try to, oh, I, we, uh, um, we haven't done a, a team event together. Let's just go bowling or something. And uh, it comes off very uh, ingenuine. It doesn't come off genuine from, from, the, from, the, from the leaders on the team. It's just like, oh, like we just have to do this because it's the right thing to do. Or they forgot about it. So let's just implement a, a team event so that we feel like we're inclusive. We feel like we're a team. And, and so it can, as, as uh, being an employee, you can see that pretty easily you can you can kind of see the smoke if you will and so being how do you be genuine how do you you know how do you have that balance between hey we still got to get work done but i am your leader i am your boss or manager whatever how do you balance the two so that you're not you know you're not just a it's not just i'm here to work and that's it you raise an interesting point in terms of delivering empathy to the to the people that work for you. Yeah. However, how do you balance delivering empathy to improve production yeah. and or turnaround while also having that big elf in the room of the here's a looming deadline? Yes. Like how do you balance both and and meet the expectations of of of, of both the end result and also delivering empathy? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the hardest thing, right? Because at the end of the day, you still have to get the thing that you have to do done. Mm-hmm. But you also want to retain your staff and have staff retention be the highest as possible. How do you build a culture if all you do is just come in and work and then leave? Um, 
how do your leaders as managers with high pressure deadlines, turnaround times, deliverables, how do you also include understanding the person that you're working with or people that you're working with? So Kenny and I had this debate on the radio on Friday about how do you, how do leaders make their team feel safe? Like I'm coming to work, but there's also, so the debate was the also having too much of an open door policy is also a hindrance. So I took the debate of like, if you, the door has, their door should be open, should be an open door policy. There should be empathy, but at the same time, it can't be too open because, um, for example, um, your team now might heavily rely on you and ask, ask you questions and things that they can probably do. You know, they could probably take the initiative or take the assertiveness or make those decisions, but they want to have a chat with you for five, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes on something that should have, they should have are just been able to handle. Um, that's just one sort of kind of problem in terms of, uh, of, of that where, where employees might become too reliant on, on a manager that is, Hey, you have any questions? Come just talk to me. I, ha I, I can help you. But then where's the balance of like, Hey, no, I'm not going to help you on this. You got to take the initiative. So that's just kind of one. Do you do that because you, I mean, let me rephrase that. Do you, do you think with this half open door policy, certain individuals go through that door and talk to their leader or yourself for five, 10 minutes because they want that self-assurance and at like, a, like, like, Hey, it's what you said makes sense. Please go do it. Do they need the self-assurance? Do you think that's why? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And at the same time, sometimes you just, you just want to chat, you know, you just want to have a, you want to just want to talk and be able to talk about certain things. But uh, again, it's that balance, right? You, you don't want to be unempathetic and not help your team. Um, you know, again, Kenny brought up a good example on the radio last, last week where he was talking about how when he was hired to sell homes, the the boss uh the ceo was like all right you we're i'm relying on you young guys to just go and sell homes and there was no direction and he felt he's one of he has a personality where he wants a little bit of direction he doesn't want to hold hand hold the entire way but give me the sandbox that i need to play in maybe give me a little bit of direction on the process the system on how to how do you sell these homes so that I can emulate that or at least understand your process from A to Z so that I can take it and go where there was no direction, completely open door, just like completely like, Hey, you guys got it. Whenever you don't have to ask me for anything, you guys can do it. Super laid back manager or CEO. So I feel like, again, there's this, it's a tough balance, but I think you got to find something in between. Do you think in order for businesses or clients to succeed, whether it be, Kenny, with real estate, yourself, and your business, even with me in my corporate life, or even with online coaching, do you believe that there needs to be some basic sandbox that needs to be provided in order for these individuals to meet success? I do. I think so. Because at a, I mean, you always want to sell your vision for your business or what you're doing. So you being the leader or the person that's uh, steering the boat, you need to be able to give the sandbox of, hey, this is kind of what we've done. Not saying that you can't get out of that sandbox because there might be a better way. Uh, but 
providing what has been done that has already been, I guess, successful to show, hey, this is kind of our systems and processes. But if you have a better idea, if you have a better strategy, if you have ideas to help move that ship forward even or maybe scale it or maybe go faster or get projects done quicker, then be open open to that. But I feel like there has to be something of like, hey, this is where we're headed. This is our sandbox. This is where we want to go. How can you ad adapt and understand it? And then from there, if there's other ideas and other, other things that might be better, um, that those are brought forth. Interesting that you say if they believe there's a better sandbox, yes, let you know. Yeah. But in that same discussion, we're also talking about having the door half open for an open communication. Yeah. And these same individuals yeah. are walking in for self-assurance. Self yeah. Right? So, yeah. so do you think, therefore, that these are two different individuals with two different mentalities. You have one individual who's coming in for self-assurance. Self yes. Hey, boss. Yes. I'm doing this. Is it okay? Yes. You know, hey, um, manager, director, I am trying ABC. Am I on the right path? Do you approve? Yes. That's one segment. Yes. The other segment is, okay, here's the sandbox. I have taken the initiative to do research, understand the personas, understand where the vision is. I understand the business yes. and the KPIs. Yes. But I believe that perhaps we can alter the sandbox to be a lot, lot more efficient. So based on these two mentalities I've just described to you, can this be the same person or are they two different people? It's probably two different people, right? I, I mean, they could be the same, but I feel like the person who is looking for self-assurance is probably not confident enough to bring their ideas forward of what that might be in terms of a good direction because maybe they don't know, right? So they're constantly asking for reassurance or validation with certain processes. But maybe down the road, once they get their, their feet wet, they start seeing gaps that the leader might not because they've just been doing this process for years on years. A new, fresh perspective, someone comes in, is looking looking at the territory and saying, oh, I see a gap here. Why hasn't Omid done this? Oh, I see a gap here. Why, doesn't, why hasn't he done this? So, but okay, I'm going to go with the flow. For now, I'm going to get my bearings. I'm going to understand the process. And then again, having enough of an open door policy where you can, that person is comfortable sharing, hey, Omid, I see this gap here. Have you guys thought of doing this? not being afraid to tell me because if they're afraid to tell me or oh, you know what i'm not going to tell omid because my idea is just going to get shut down that's where your team can actually be a little bit of a hindrance because they might have good ideas but they choose to keep it to themselves so for example uh i'm gonna just bring my own personal example when I, I used to work for a marketing agency i worked there for two and a half three years and um the first probably six to eight months, I was, you know, I understood the systems. I got very, my feet wet, same thing. And then I started bringing ideas forward. And, um, and, and 
the the leader the boss would would take those ideas and and implement certain certain some of them they they would he would implement some of them he wouldn't but what what happened was um was there was some he, he there was some resentment of some of the outside projects that i was doing personally and so he would bring it up and there was this kind of this weird sort of vibe and after that, I just said, I don't want to share my personal life with this person. I don't want to share my personal projects with this person. And I don't want to start. Why should I, why should I incorporate my ideas or help the ship move forward? If this person is resenting some, some of the personal projects that I'm doing. And so I, I think again, there is, I know that's a little bit of a different scenario, but I feel like again, the, 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 the open door, um, uh policy i think if it's too open then it becomes a hindrance because this person was also like a homie so this manager was friends 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 you know like we're 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 friends in here and we're working as friends and colleagues i'm not your boss and then something would something would happen and all of a sudden you put the boss hat on and so it was so confusing so sometimes it's like i'm so open with you but then you're my. Then all of a sudden you put the boss hat on and you crack the whip and it's like, whoa. I, what am I supposed to do here? So now I have my guard up. So now I have to think of I shouldn't say certain things to this person because if I do, he might put the boss hat on. But he acts like a friend, and so there were those kind of scenarios. So I feel like there is always there's probably always going to be a, like a a barrier. There's always going to be a, not a barrier, but like probably a little bit of a gap because of that hierarchy or because of that, the position that you're in. But it's, again, it's a fine balance of what does that look like? Because if it's too open and now could become a hindrance when, when quote unquote shit hits the fan. <laughs> uh, but if it's too closed, then your team doesn't, uh, isn't able to implement ideas. I think this is almost what every growing and great leader tries to balance to the best ability. Uh, of course, when it's friends first and then boss and employees second, things get kind of gray. I, can, I cannot imagine the stress you went through in that marketing agency, but that's, but that's a separate topic. Yeah. But you growing as a leader or anyone in their leadership position in any business trying to deliver empathy one trying to allow individuals to grow in their own right. Yeah. Play in their sandbox. Maybe you don't, maybe initially you need self-assurance, but after that, building the confidence to try things on your own is important in terms, in terms of developing long-term skills. And as a leader, seeing people grow is very fulfilling. I'm sure as, as you can understand, but it's also letting individuals understand, yes, this door is half open, but I don't want you to always use it as a crutch. You need to grow on your own to develop the confidence in your skills yeah. so you can come forth to me and pitch ideas yes. and not be afraid of it being shot down because if we want to see people grow in their business, in their health and fitness, or no matter what it might be, them going off on their own, taking the initiative and learning within the sandbox we have set to their best ability is great growth for them. Yeah. We, ca we can't stop that growth. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just telling them, no, you always have to rely on me. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of sandboxes, brother, well, first off, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast again. I know we didn't do a little introduction, but um, this is the second time you're on. Um, one was with Kenny. So if our listeners are listening, you know, Pradeep was on. Uh, it's been a while now and things have changed a little bit in your personal life and your career and things like that. But um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Well, Omen, thank you for having me. I mean, you know, it was great ch- chatting to Kenny in the first episode. It's been a while since that point, and we did talk a lot in the first one. But for all you listeners, it's it's amazing being back on this podcast, the Second Floor Podcast. Uh, we don't have to do the intro. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, at this point, very short and brief, for those who don't know me, I work a very ambitious corporate career. Uh, I do have very specific goals that I want to achieve in my corporate life. But beyond that, on the side, I do offer online health and fitness coaching to very ambitious, driven entrepreneurs and other corporate professionals as well. And you might ask, why is he only looking at this demographic of corporate professionals? And the simple reason is, and this harks back to our first chat almost 20 minutes ago empathy right i can best deliver empathy to corporate professionals who are working a busy eight to seven summers on the weekends they have a side hustle they're traveling they might have children they might go from london to new york and back but they still want to get into the best shape they can and also feel their best while developing long-term skills so that's where i can best empathize because yeah. not only have I moved from London, England, back to Canada, I've changed jobs, I have, I'm trying to grow my corporate career. So there are, there are a lot of traits I can go back and forth with and say, hey, I know how you feel. Yeah. It's okay if you feel this way. Um, so that's a short intro. No, I appreciate that, brother. And, and I, I personally, you know, um, obviously have hired you to help me on that journey, right? And I feel like, um, over the last, you know, few months of, of, you know, working together. And I think it's been a little longer than that, but, um, simple things of just, I like, I personally want to just say, I appreciate the systems that you've helped me implement in my life, even how simple they are, but they have had a profound effect on my habits, just simple things. For example, getting daily your daily steps in, for example, is such a huge, for me, it was such a huge thing. As simple as it is, there's a numerical goal or like a target, just like in business, just like in the things that I do. It's like, okay, I got to hit certain steps every single day. And if I don't hit those steps, I'm not achieving the goal that was set out in the first place. And, uh, you know, personally for me, you know, over the last couple of years, I've gained a, I've gained some weight. and 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 it's all been from dropping the dropping everything and putting my business first to try to put myself in a better position um for my own livelihood and uh you know it's taken a few years and 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 thankfully you know business is good and 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 it's running and it finally has gotten to a gotten me to a place where i am uh i'm rolling in my business and my personal uh projects but I feel slow. I felt slower. I felt unproductive. I felt, you know, sleepy and drowsy middle of the day. And I realized that it was one of those things of like, hey, like even my parents would, my parents are, are very direct with me. And they're like, hey, you got fat. 
Like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Like, hey, you're chasing the bag. You're chasing money. Why are you chasing money? Your health is important. And they would always constantly remind me, even even now. And they they like, hey, look, like, go to the gym, do stuff. And that was kind of why I reached out to you, because I've seen what you've done um, with your clients, and I see that that isn't that is a niche that you specialize in, and um, and and I'm happy to, and I and I want this as a as as a, as an accountability for for um for myself where i don't need hand holding per se i just need that strategic direction of hey i i've never had that in the gym because it's always been like go lift lift as hard as you can and then and then go home try to eat the right things and that's it it's never there has never been a strategic direction in 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 my fitness journey so i just wanted to just wanted to say that so well, one Omid, thank you. I mean, so far, working with you has been fantastic. Yeah. The fact that you first focused on your business and then finally understood, you know what, your health has taken a back seat. It's really wonderful for to hear you articulate that because yeah. many business and, and ambitious business owners focus on top line business numbers, and that's that's their baby. I completely understand that, but at some point. They have to consider, and you completely come come around and, and notice this. At some point, they have to consider, damn, you know, like is is my health on point? Like, uh, like how do I feel? Do I like the way I look? Um, do I have the energy to continue pushing my business forward? Am I happy in terms of how I'm fitting into my suit? Like, like is, yeah. all those things do play a factor. If not at the forefront when you wake up in the morning, it might slowly eat at you. So I. I mean, there's a reason people say health is wealth. There's a reason for it. It might not be the priority for every businessman or businesswoman initially, but at some point it will come around and they will start to take notice that I have to pay it a bit more attention to the food I eat, how, I, how active I am, so on and so forth. With working with you, Omid, what's really great is I have given you the sandbox and this goes back to us about the sandbox conversation i've given you the sandbox i've told you hey here is where i would like you to play and i'm going to guide you in terms of how to play in the sandbox here are all the options here are the skills i'm going to help guide you learn along your journey and if you have questions again open door policy yeah. you can just contact me and just ask questions because i want you to learn along this journey yes no, and I appreciate that because I think um, I think a lot of I, I empathize with a lot of business owners or leaders who who I can see that um, the business is first and and it's been first for many years and you get into this habit of not going to the gym and not putting your health forward and eating bad and it's just like quickly eat and just go back to the business and I've done that I've I've been I've been the the culprit of that and. Um, one of the nice things is, is having a circle of friends who are constantly, uh, you know, they're always working out, you know, uh, you know, Kenny, Raj, these type, these guys in my circle, um, and, and, and more, um, they, they put their health first, um, and they put themselves first. Um, and so the reminder of, Hey, you know what? Like, I want to look good. Like I'm on media, I'm on the podcast, I'm in videos, I don't want to look chunky. I want to look good. You know, one one of my inspirations, Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the one of the icons of the world. Um, you know, listening to him and and seeing how how hard he was grinding while having his bodybuilding 
uh, career or having the ambitions of, of, you know, getting into movies and, and doing certain things. But still, it was the workouts never left his schedule. You, know, the, the, you still had those targets of keeping your, your health and, 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 and your fitness a part of that, uh, a part of your life. And so uh, I try to, I try, I try to remember those, those, those icons that I, I, I want to be one. Of, I want to be one of those people. I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want to look sexy. I want to be on camera. I want to, I want to have the, those things. I want to be successful in all realms of my life. And now I'm coming back to, you know, I, I've lost that in terms of the fitness side of things. Now coming back to it, I'm, I'm, I'm very hungry to, to, to make some progress in that realm. The progress you, for all the listeners, you should, I, I don't think everyone listening understands the progress Omar has made in the time that we worked together. Because I've yet to show you your initial check-in photos. Because the first one, compared to the, fir- compared to the one you recently sent me, there's a massive difference in terms of overall change. Yeah. I haven't shown to you yet, but I, I will after this interview. In terms of looking at celebrities as idols or icons, that's fantastic. I think seeing what Arnold has done is really amazing, how he's changed his career from bodybuilding to acting to governor and then back to acting. That's great. When I hear individuals looking at, so let's just take The Rock, I want to be like The Rock. I want to be up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I want to get my workout in, go to work, come back, look after my family, and repeat. That works well and dandy for The Rock. The Rock has a team. He's a billion-dollar man. I'm sure he has everyone around him making sure The Rock gets his food on his private jet to do press in, I don't know, London, right? And so there has to be a bit of... uh, realistic expectation right when considering what is achievable within someone's life yeah and so there has to be an honest conversation can can i physically wake up at 3:34 in the morning do my cardio cook my meals then go to work do you have that within your capacity yeah. or do you have two young kids that you have to look after and you don't have that time because I was working with a busy mom, two young kids, she was traveling for work, and we had to have a great conversation once a week, every Saturday or Sunday, and me just asking her, okay, this week, do you have a babysitter for your son? Yes or no? How will that change with her overall routine? Are you traveling for work? Right. Does the hotel have this gym equipment? Does it not? So again, realistic expectations is, is really key. And within that, we can start to set goals that are achievable and that come to, and you finally reach that end point. Right. Because that journey has to be so bespoke to you. And I think individuals or clients have to accept that this is my journey. I need to own it. And I should not compare myself to somebody else who has all the systems in place or someone who doesn't have children. Yes. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. 
Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca. I'm curious, uh, really, just from my own curiosity, you know, when you started um, in your own personal fitness journey, when did you, was it an instant love of like, hey, I love, you know, working out, I love being in the gym, and 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 what did that look like from a from a starting point to, you know, last was it last year when you won uh, the naturals uh, or the year before twenty twenty one yeah I won nationals yeah you won nationals right, and a huge achievement congrats by the way, um, so so I, I just want to know personally just going back a little bit what did that journey look like from when you started in the fitness space, to understanding hey I want to take this a little more seriously and be extremely disciplined. To the point where, like, hey, I want to, I want to be up on stage. I kind of want to know that before we kind of get into a little bit more of the other stuff. Sure, great question. Initially, when I began lifting, it was literally because I, I enjoyed lifting. Right. It was to get bigger. When did that start? So I began lifting when I was sixteen. Oh, okay. That's when wow. I first began. Yeah. When I used to live in, in Nova Scotia before I moved to Montreal. That's just when I began lifting in my garage, and then later on. When I moved to London, England, there weren't varsity sports in the, in the university I went to. And so the guys and I, we would just continue to lift more and more. It was just a great time for us just to get together, banter, and, and just act the fool as we, you know, boasted our egos amongst <laughs> guys and lifting weight and whatnot. And it got more serious after I picked up my first Flex magazine. Yes. And I, I just kind of thought is this even real? Like, is this even possible? Like humans can look like this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this is, this, this makes no sense. And so yeah. I began chipping away at that journey. And one thing led to another. And someone said, you should try competing. You should try stepping on stage. So I thought, you know, let me try. Right. What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing is I look like a fool. I don't know what I'm doing, but next time I have more experience and I come back to it. And because I'm just generally a very competitive person, in my corporate day job and also outside in life, trying to be one of the best at something, at anything, is very fulfilling to me. Yeah, And it means a lot to me to say that I am one of the best in the country as a drug-free and drug-tested bodybuilder in this weight category. That's incredible. What's interesting is that feeling of feeling amazing lasted for about a week. Then after that, there was this huge void. Mm. Huge void. Interesting. And then that was the second part in my journey of, okay, now what's next? How do I take my learnings from this experience, apply it to my corporate job, into my business, and then what's next for me in competing? So it is, it's, it's an ongoing evolution of goal-orientated competitive mindset. Mm. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible, man. And and especially uh, especially the fact that you decided to say, you know what, let me try this. And if I act, if if I'm act a fool on stage, if I'm not where I'm supposed to be, it's okay. Because like a lot of people, especially being on stage, whether that's performing or whether that's uh, you know on the on the bodybuilding stage, uh, 
it's uncomfortable to put yourself out there like that. And um, especially I feel like in bodybuilding, because you're, you're literally naked uh, and you are showcasing your body to the world or to the audience, I think is a very vulnerable place. Uh, vulner- that's super being open and vulnerable to that criti- criticism, if you will. And, and, uh, and just, and just competing in, in that, I think is, uh, I, I find it very, um, I, I find it very, very, um, notable. Um, and, and, and I, f- I find, I, I have a lot of respect for bodybuilders and personally for me, not being, not being a bodybuilder, but, uh, just, uh, you know, again, idolizing, looking at guys who, who have that specific body, looking great, feeling great, but at the same time they have their own projects and they're doing their own things. I want to emulate that because I, uh, I feel like being physically, uh, physically fit and, and, and being healthy, you don't have to be a bodybuilder, but being healthy and being fit, I feel like has a domino effect in every part of your life, especially in business, because if you are, if you're fat and sluggish, you're going to feel um, you're not going to have those as many productive hours as somebody who uh, is is healthy. You won't be as aware. And I personally felt that where I've ate bad for a week. I've been grinding 12, 13 hours, 14 hours on my business. And I two, two o'clock hits and I, I instantly feel like I need to have a nap. I, I feel foggy, I feel drained. And I've had those moments and I've had those days. But when I've worked out, when I've had my water, when I've uh, moved a little bit during the day, I actually feel better and I feel way more productive. And so I feel like it has a profound effect just from that, just from simple simple facts like that. So, couple of, A couple of great points you mentioned, Omid. One... I'm happy you mentioned it is a very vulnerable position for anyone to be in when they step on stage. Yeah. Whether you're man or woman, stepping on stage in a bikini or if you're a figure competitor, men's classic physique, men's bodybuilding in trunks, it you are asking to be judged by the judges in front and the audience who is there to attend. It is... Not someone, not, it's not something someone thinks of doing when they wake up in the morning. And so to put yourself out there for anyone who has competed or is planning to compete, I have a huge amount of respect for their confidence to step on stage. It takes a lot of confidence, yeah. no matter who you are, a first timer, or if you're a seasoned veteran stepping on stage, it takes a lot of confidence. You have to have confidence in your body to step on stage and mentally for people to develop that resiliency and belief in themselves to step on stage, you, you have to give respect where, where respect is due. Secondly, regarding feeling sluggish at work or not being as effective in their business, It does really come down to the quality of your sleep, the level of stress you're enduring at work, outside of work, because lifestyle stress factors play play a lot. The quality of your food, how energetic do you feel? 
if you wrap all of those in this holistic ecosystem, it plays a factor on your corporate performance, on your business performance. And I'm very happy you mentioned once you begin lifting, once you begin paying attention to your water intake, the quality of your meals, you then began to feel a lot more energetic. You began to feel the difference. And I think that's important. And unless someone takes the initiative to decide, I want to feel different. I don't enjoy how I feel. I want to improve that. That I think is the first step. Yeah, I agree. And that was one of, that's why I reached out to you uh, is because I felt it and I felt like the, you know, personally, I just needed just a bit of guidance. I needed that sandbox to kind of figure out, okay, what does that, I've always been in the gym. I've always lifted, uh, you know, me and my cousin, shout out to Raheem, you know, um, I used to be a scrawny brown kid <laughs> in high school. I used to be basketball, 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 karate, um, so six, six days a week, I was, um, I was doing some sort of activity, but, um, when I got interested in the gym and weightlifting, who doesn't want to look like Arnold? I mean, personally, I wanted to look like Arnold. I'm like, yo, this is sick. This is, this is dope. I want, I want to look big. I want to have that muscle. I want to, I want to be able to walk around like that. And, um, as a skinny Brown kid, you don't understand that is a complete change of, uh, of, of, you know, just eating in general, you just have increasing eating, lifting heavy. And so my initial intake from, 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 from lifting was my cousin, because my cousin was also interested in, 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 and he was, he was a big guy and he actually was also pretty skinny and scrawny. And within three, four years, he's, you know, he's, he's had some muscle, he's got some weight to him. And I was like, I was like, bro, how'd you do that? How I want to be, I want to, I need to add on some weight. And I remember brother, like, I remember us lifting like three or four times a week and you know, his advice, because we, again, we're not experts in the space, eat as much as you can, Omid. That was, that was the deal. It was like, you, you are burning a lot with all the basketball and cardio you're doing. Eat four or five times a day, you know? And, and it was, and it was like big, you know, us brown guys eating rice and curry and lentils and all these different things. It's like, just eat plates and plates on that. And on top of that, have quick mass. So it was like a quick mass smoothie. <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was like three, four meals a day. And then after dinner, pound down a quick mass smoothie. <laughs> and man, the, 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 the days where I would be at the sink or at the toilet ready to yak because I was just so, I couldn't eat, but it was like, you have to, you have to put it down because you want this weight, put it down. And I remember just those days, man, of just like doing the craziest things to try to gain that mass. And if it, it worked, I mean, I gained weight for sure. And I got that mass, um, had I not done that. But again, it was no guidance. It was like, what do we know? What was what do we know as guys that aren't in the space, but what do we know to just gain weight and get, get some mass? Okay. Lift. That's the easy thing. Go to the gym, but double your intake of food <laughs> and add a quick mass smoothie. So it's uh, it's one of those things that was pretty funny. I recall that. I think a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people have done something similar to this. Yeah. <laughs> and a quote from Jordan Peterson, if anyone listens or knows of him, he, did mention that first you have to accept you will be a lot more inexperienced before you become the master 
Right? So you have to accept that you don't know as much initially. And it's okay not to know as much initially on that journey in terms of building muscle, losing body fat, improving your business, becoming a better leader. It's okay. You have to accept being the fool first before you can become the master. And believe it or not, this is it's interesting you said this too. I too was a, was a, was a skinny guy when I was 16. 16, 17, I was I started at 145 pounds, 144. No way. So I was I was fast, but I was <laughs> I was I was skinny, mate, you know? So for me too, it's been a very long journey in terms of trying to build up uh, more muscle tissue, improve my confidence as a whole, my mentality uh, with my physical growth at the same time. It can't just can't be physical. There's there's a mental maturity to it at the same time. And it was also my cousin, Sanjay. Shout out. Because <laughs> he was the so one. So the cousin, He's, man. <laughs> why is that? Why is that? And so I saw, I was visiting India. And after a couple of years, I saw Sanjay. I was just like, man, you're so big. What do you do? He had, he had Arnold as... Um, uh, in Predator, that's what it was. Oh. Like just in, in like oiled up, like camo. He, like he was, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he was a poster he, he behind his bedroom closet, and that's what he was idolizing. So we, you know, he also helped me kind of get into the space, and I'm happy to say, selfishly, I've surpassed him <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because now he's married and whatnot. Yeah. But um, beyond that point, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I completely get it. With this, with with just trying to improve someone's physique, I really encourage listeners to also understand that you have to try to practice self love. This is this is something really important in my own journey, and it's trying to understand that along your own unique endeavor, you have to appreciate how far you've come, because you started from zero. And that your zero might be someone else's 90% where they want to at least try to get to. Appreciating how far you've come along your own journey and saying, yes, I did the work and I started along this is really important. Because in a separate different universe, maybe you never started the work. Mm. So practicing self-love and appreciating that you are on this road, you have a long way to go, and being kind to yourself is important. Yeah, for sure. Great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience, to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. And uh, how have you, Pradeep, just from your own business with, you know, your clients, 
is that one of those things how you know for you what have you seen um from from the vast clients that you've worked with from big tall skinny you know uh what what do you what do you what what takeaway i guess from your own clients have you have you taken away from from them in terms of just like you said is it is it the self-love over the over the journey is it is it uh you know is it something else like i want to know just from one takeaway from all the vast clients that you've had what's one takeaway in terms of what you've learned personally from your clients what have i learned from my clients yeah have you learned any like is there something that kind of stands out from hey you know i started with a certain system for my clients but i realized that hey maybe this isn't the right the right way or do i have to be more empathetic to different individuals and their yeah so okay so two things yeah first is understanding that the majority do want to learn how to play in their sandbox so what does that mean they they still want to have an amazing social life they still want to have a bit of wine or maybe they want to take away wine away they still want to enjoy uh amazing japanese food when they travel to tokyo or when they're nobu in london where wherever it might be they need to be guided on how to make improved choices in their meal planning especially in their social life so they can still enjoy time with their partner or with their or on their girls night out without feeling guilty because this guilt comes on mm. i am stepping away from this meal plan that is working i now have a negative association with a social life that that for me has been something that i've had to work with with a plethora of clients and telling them it's okay to have a social life we're going to work on removing your negative association or guilt with going out mm. and eating off plan because if they can eat off plan yet within a guided sandbox to their best ability because you can't if if you are not a competitor you are not going to bring your weighing scale to nobu and yeah. say hey i want 24.5 grams of yellowfish tuna. You're not going to do that. Are yeah. you mad? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, it's helped so us the first part. It's not don't feel guilty eating out. Don't start to label foods as bad foods. How do we still have this balance and with education get you there? Right. So that's the first part. The second part in terms of what I've learned from my clients is how do i help them build long-term skills long-term life skills because ultimately i don't want them to rely on me for 3 or 5 years then i i think at that point i haven't done my duty to help educate the right. client right so seeing them learn in their own fashion and understanding oh she has this obstacle but he doesn't have the same obstacle so they come to the so it's it each person has a different obstacle and it's me trying to understand how do i get you to 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 how do i get you to learn how to solution on your own how do i help you develop autonomy right i'm here to guide you 
but I don't want you to always heavily rely on me. Because them developing long-term skills so they can go travel, have a social life, have an amazing corporate career and look and feel their best and fit in the clothes that they want to right. is beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Is there a common obstacle that you've noticed kind of is at the top or in the top few with clients? Like, for example, is meal planning and nutrition a is like one of the top obstacles for example i'm just curious just personally yeah. or is it i'm so busy i can't go to the gym so i need to increase my steps or i need to do home workouts or i have two kids and a family these are the obstacles like and and i'm sure you've seen commonalities within again like you said a a, a vast range of clients but I'm, I'm curious is there one that is the shining obstacle that people face the most this great great question the shining obstacle many face the most is time Hmm. it is literally time and and it is time management over priorities and even though you might have the best time management sometimes some things in life need a lot more attention it's just the way it is say for instance I don't want someone to take away time from their kids. Go spend time with your kids. It's your family. Mm-hmm. You ought to do that. I want you to develop a great relationship with your partner and your kids. You do that. And so you, so we, I cannot tell someone, spend less time with your kids, go spend more time on the treadmill. It, it just is not right for me to say. And so learning how do I help the client be creative in a manner where they can still achieve these goals with the time that they have allotted to health and fitness. Because mm. not every, we can say everyone has the same 24 hours. Like, everyone, just stop saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your 24 hours is not the same as a single mom with three kids working three jobs. You've got to have a bit of empathy, mate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it is, it is often that time variable. Mm. Based on the time this person has... What is possible? Deliver empathy to that person in that manner. Mm. How I talk and operate with you, Omid, is very different than a mom with two kids who's traveling for work. It's very different. It's very different from a single guy who has all the time in the world and only has a nine to five. Right. So the communication and, hey, you have more time here, you're accountable, mate. Like, like, don't don't mess around. Mm. If it's somebody else, it's a completely different conversation. Right. No, I love that. And I think, uh, I, I think there's a, I mean, kudos to you because that takes a lot of self-awareness and understanding because, you know, for us, like, we're different. All of us are different. All of us have different obstacles. And, and having that say, this sandbox doesn't work for everybody. Everyone has a different set of sandboxes that they have to that they have and 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 trying to work within the sandbox that's right for you i think i think the sandbox is the theme of this episode <laughs> yeah it might be it might be just be called sandbox <laughs> yeah the sandbox episode that's there, what we're gonna call there's it. a great quote have you heard of alex and leila hormozzi yes right great entrepreneurs they have some very blunt truths and something he'd mentioned 
a few days prior on one of his other interviews, maybe on Lewis House or Hose, I, I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name, but he had mentioned the difference between those who are successful and those who are not. It's not necessarily that they have more things than you and I. It's often they lack what we have. Mm. Say, for instance, if I am spending more time every evening gaming, the person who's successful lacks that and instead is meal prepping or trying to prepare for their presentation with corporate clients the next day. Often the most successful people lack what I have or am I or I'm doing. Right. That's a differentiator. Interesting. Isn't it? That's a very interesting way of saying it because lack sounds more like, like, again, it's a different way of saying like that you are lacking in a specific area versus um, using gaming as an excuse or something like that, right? So it's very interesting. Um, Yeah, I I like Alex because he's very raw and direct. Um, I've actually watched, I mean, he's taken over the YouTube space. He's all over my YouTube algorithm now. (laughs) But um, no, I like that. And especially from a guy who's done a million different uh, or is just a hustler in general. Um, I think, I think, I, I like his, I like his raw, honest approach with with just business because he's not trying to sell you something. You know what I mean? But um, Bradeep, I just want to know, um, what have you learned from your own personal bodybuilding journey, or a just fitness journey in general? It doesn't have to be the bodybuilding or the competitions, but personally, since you've obviously worked out since you were sixteen, from now. What has been something that you've that that a you could give uh, advice to our audience, um, or just some a takeaway that someone can can understand from your journey? Great question. What when you first asked me that, the first thing that came to mind was when I won nationals in twenty twenty one as a welterweight, being one of the best in Canada. I I stopped for a second, and before I. I landed back in Edmonton from Toronto. And before I entered my condo, I just took a deep breath and said, right, if I can stick it out and endure all that pain, the early mornings, the low food, the training, and just being just being so depleted and still pushing, 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 even though I didn't want to push. If I can do that in fitness, how do I take that same persistent mentality and perseverance in other areas of life. If I can do this, if this is the toughest thing I ever do physically and mentally, can I transfer that skill set into business, Mm. into corporate life? What does that look like? So I'm not starving in my corporate life, but it is how do I dig deeper into insights and ask tougher questions to deliver value to my senior leaders? I'm fresh. I, I I can't solve. I can't find a solution for my director. I'm just gonna give up. No, don't give up. Mm. Go go go. Network with individuals who have shown success in the field and space, and come back with insights, and then deliver that. Like work harder. It's not about. It's not about saying I'm going to give up with this, I'm going to try something different, I'm going to give up with that, try something different. It's not about building new, new, new bridges because then you just have a bunch of incomplete bridges. Right. It's about sticking it out 
with the first plan and pushing forward with it as tough as it is. It's understanding how do you improve upon that plan. Because otherwise, you just jump from, from, from idea to idea to idea. Man, I love that, man. And, and that's kind of the... I, I love that mentality because every single piece of your life has a different challenge. But can you mentally endure and physically endure... If you can endure certain things in this part of your life, can you transfer it over and do it in the other? And I've thought about that in... In business, same thing is like I'm I I remember the days office with no heat, um, nobody really believing in the vision of, of my, uh, you know, my media company and starting a podcast. Why are you starting a podcast? You know, and this was before the podcast craze. And I and I felt like, you know, podcast is a good idea. Sticking it out, spending my full Sundays, you know, uh, making collateral marketing collateral for for my own podcast, trying to build some sort of audience, and all these different things, and 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 sticking it out for at least a few years to to see some sort of fruit or some sort of result. But now I'm going back and seeing how 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 can I do it now in the reverse into my fitness. So for you, it might be corporate or maybe your career or maybe your personal projects. And for me, it's the opposite now. I'm trying to figure out, okay, I understand. I can endure the business. I can endure the challenges that come with the business. How do I endure the physical pain of reducing weight, being hungry for a bit, waking up on a cold, snowy Alberta day and making my way to the gym when I don't want to or getting those steps in. I think that for me has been the biggest challenge. So I I have the same mentality as you, but just in the opposite opposite realm. I'm really happy you articulated that, Omid. Thank you so much for saying that because yeah. what you've done is you have developed the mental fortitude to tough it out when the times are rough. Like you said, you know, heating in the office, you starting the podcast, developing traction. But what's very important that I want to really highlight for your listeners here is what you just said. You said you stuck it out for years. It wasn't just a week and then gave up. It wasn't just a month and then gave up. It wasn't a year and you gave up. You, you kept coming back and doing the work, but it wasn't necessarily the same work. It was improved work year after year until your business is now successful isn't it right you didn't just say i'm gonna quit this business do new business that's right you stuck it out yeah. and you improved your execution of the work required i think this is the, the differentiator in terms of building if you go back to this bridge analogy building your own bridge when you're building this bridge you aren't just doing the same work without improving the execution of the work what does that mean I'm not just putting a brick down and expecting it to, to just build this bridge automatically. I might put a brick down. Next week is brick and some cement. So we'll stick together. The following month, it might not be a, a regular brick. It might be a stronger brick. I'm just, you know, exactly. you, you know what I mean, yep. right? So you stuck it out for yeah. years. That's very important for your listeners to know. So kudos to you, mate. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of mental perseverance to do that.
Welcome to Super Typical Mega Bank. How can we disappoint you today? Hi, I'd like to open an account. May I pressure you into considering a pro disadvantage, high regret, impersonal, everyday inconvenience savings plan with added compounded confusion at no additional discount or apology? It's one of our top disappointers. I feel so... Disappointed? Yeah. Another unsatisfied customer. Next! If your bank makes you feel like this, it's time you talk to us. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future. And this is something I'd like you to touch upon. So I'll ask you a question. Sure. There's a difference between knowing an endeavor is tough. Fitness, business. You know it's going to be tough to get take off the ground. But understanding the feeling of tough. Yeah. You have to accept that, oh, damn, I feel this is tough. So with you and your business, did you... At, at what point did you go from knowing tough to feeling it being tough? Knowing tough to feeling tough, to, to it being like actually tough. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's, it's so certain circumstances in my life um, happened when, you know, for example, I got laid off from the agency. Even though I was doing my own personal business on the side, I had this backing of my two-week paycheck, right? And um, so although I was working my nine-to-five and then five to ten I was working on my business, it wasn't necessary. It was tough in the sense of putting long hours, but it wasn't my back fully against the wall because I knew that okay, if I don't get a client this month or I don't execute on my video projects, I still have money coming in. So that was the, that was the, okay, it's tough, but it's not really tough. But the moment I got laid off and I had a decision to make, go find another job or make your business work. And I had a good, like probably a good week of debating in my head of, do I take the risk? Now my back's against the wall. COVID happened, this and that. Stuff is happening. The worst time to start a business during COVID, um, especially media and advertising, because the last thing people want, the last thing businesses want during when businesses are shut down and nobody's at work is advertising. There's no point. There's no point in having videos when businesses aren't advertising at the time. So it was one of those things in my head of like, okay, now you have to really show up. This is the time. This is now tough. You have a mortgage, you have car payments, you have family commitments, you have things that you have to pay for. Do I go get another job? And then just do my business on the side and say I'm an entrepreneur and fake it? Or do I actually put in the time and effort to figure this out, create systems that actually work, un- figuring out those systems, not knowing those systems. I've had so many coffees with different people in my circle who run businesses. Um, You know, Raj is a perfect example. Hey, I just need 10 minutes of your time. I don't understand this concept in my business. Obviously, you've ran your own business for a long time. Do you have any advice? Do you know someone? Do you, can you give me just a bit of guidance in my accounting? In my systems, in my operations, I don't know how to do this. What did you do? Can you just give me a little bit of a nugget? And um, 
those types of conversations came out of the act of desperation, right? So having that desperation, having my, my back against a wall for real, for real, and having to try to make this business work, that was tough. That was the real, that was reality. And so um, that's, I would say that would be the differentiation from, from actually tough to actually, it's really tough. This is for real now. You act like an entrepreneur, you act like, oh, you're this and that. No, you actually have to do this or your ass has to go get a job. So Right, so reality set in and you went all in on yourself. You took a bet on yourself. It was risky, but look how beautifully it's paid out. Yeah. Like, I, I am, so for, for the audience listening, you don't really fully understand the hustle Omid has. The way this man has grown since I've known him two years prior to our discussion over coffee before this podcast, hearing what you're now doing and how it's growing, I am so proud of you, mate. Thank you, brother. So good on you. Yeah. And obviously, we'll chat more after this interview. And so this goes back to it within health and fitness. Many people understand it will be tough to to get into better shape. They understand like, man, I, you know, I got to remove potentially this amount of food. I can't have this much food. I can't enjoy as much cake. I can't enjoy as much wine. It's going to be tough. But then reality sets in and they begin to feel what tough is. They need to accept that I'm going to be hungry. Yeah, you got to accept that. Yeah. We, you chose this. You need to own it. This is what you want to get to this part of your journey. This is the process. Can you deal with it? You just have to accept it. Because I've been through it and hundreds of other thousands of people have been through it too. We all were there. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah. So likewise, in your entrepreneurship, with you building a business, what's beautiful is that you almost reverse engineered the skills by asking people who have shown competency in that area. So you reach out to Raj. Raj, I don't know this part of my business. I've seen you show success here. Can you guide me for 10 minutes? So you knew what goal you wanted to, spoke to an authority, reverse engineered it, and you pushed forward. Yeah. So likewise, within health and fitness, individuals want to get to this grand idea of where they want to be. We need to reverse engineer it into smaller blocks, smaller blocks, smaller blocks, smaller blocks. Right. But something that came to me the other day, walking back home after training, is when I onboard clients, and you probably can relate this to business as well. When I'm onboarding clients, they have their eyes set on soaring. Like, just, <laughs> I want to be this person immediately. Man, I got five weeks. Help me. I'm like, right, okay. Calm down now. We, they're, they're soaring above the clouds. And they all they think about is above the clouds. But then when they try to jump off that cliff and fly, they unknowingly have let balloons tied to their feet. Right. But they don't, they don't know that as much. They don't know. And that's okay. So they might fall and stumble. So this is where improving their habits is very important as opposed to thinking end goal i want to be on the magazine cover yeah 
how do we, and this is, goes back to your point on systems that are important, how do we create systems and habits that can be efficiently executed day in and day out where the end result is inevitable? Mm. Sound like Thanos. The end, resu- yeah. <laughs> the, the end result is inevitable yeah. by just executing on these habits. So when the result comes, you're just like, oh, did, did I just do that? Yeah, you did. Great job. Let's keep on going. Yeah. Let's keep going. You're doing great here. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that because it's the boring stuff. It mm. really is, even in business, man. The admin, the accounting, as a business owner or someone, who's, or someone who wants to start a business, the last thing you want to do is accounting. The last thing you want to do is paperwork. You didn't get into business to do accounting and admin and contracts <laughs> and do processing. That's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, that's the true. last thing you want to do. But guess what? Though that boring stuff is what propels you in the success of your business. And that's something I had to learn. I'm, I love video. I love media. I love creating videos for clients. I love doing the creative work. I love having a blank canvas and being able to, to paint, right? And, and create this video from nothing to something. But it's not the video that is making my business successful. It's having the right systems for accounting, having the right systems for contract onboarding, how do you provide the deliverables in a, in a nice A to Z process? How do you shrink those timelines so that you can get more clients and do more work so that you have the cash flow for your business, the oxygen for your business to run? And that's some of the hard things of, hey, you know what? I'm not the finance guy. I'm not the numbers guy. I'm the creative guy. I'm the marketing guy. So outsourcing and paying in a few extra bucks for accounting is actually the right thing for me versus trying to figure it out and trying to trying to add this extra stressor. You know what? I'm just going to pay the extra dollar, make sure my books are in line. Now I don't have to worry about that. Having someone I can trust to, to handle this part of my business. Okay, great. And now looking at those other things such as admin, such as, such as operations and things like that, the things that you're not good at, or things that you don't want to focus on on your business, sure, you would have to learn initially, but then eventually figuring out how to outsource that, understanding it and still doing it is is crucial. And it's the same thing with, with fitness. Who, who wants to weigh their meals forever or have those specific things that you want to remove, out, that you have to remove out of your life? Who wants to, who wants to be hungry for a period of time? Nobody. But that's the boring stuff. The gym is easy. Maybe for some people, the gym is easy. For me, I love going to the gym. That's not the hard part. The hard part is figuring out my meals. The hard part is getting my steps in. But though, if I get my steps in every single day, if I get my meals in every single day, that long-term, that's the boring stuff for me. If I can get a hold of that, that's what's going to, I think, propel me to a different space. You mentioned something quite important here that I want to touch upon. It is... You you clearly value your time a lot from what you've told me. You run a very busy business. It's a growing business, an amazing service that you provide to clients, for corporate clients. You don't have time to waste. That's what it really sounds like. Right. You want to, you would rather pay a little bit to an expert so you save all that time. 
because you'd rather focus on other things, more important things, isn't Correct. it? So even likewise, within the health and fitness industry, this niche that I'm trying to carve out for myself with specifically corporate clients, it's how much does the consumer value their time? Do they want to keep guessing how to reach the end result and be very haphazard with it? Or shall I deliver you the solution with speed and you can start meeting milestones sooner than later? Right. Because the sooner someone can start meeting milestones, the better they can feel about their odds of success. I am getting this work done on time and I know it's working, I can meet the end goal sooner as opposed to being overwhelmed with this wealth of information that's out there in this, in this worldwide web and not doing anything. Yeah. So for me, with, with all my corporate clients, I tell them straight up, in the first phone call we have together, I tell them, I don't give you any of the marketing jargon BS. I'm very black and white. I'll tell you, this is what it takes. This is what you will have to play in at least these, these are the core basics I'd like I'd like you to understand and then play within your sandbox yes and often at times when I tell individuals these are the core things I want you to focus on and here are all the options you have people think I'm kind of afraid to play yeah, yeah I'm afraid yeah. to play because unfortunately I think that the the I think stigma is the wrong word but the notion within great meal planning for busy professionals is just that I gotta stick to this. I can only have this protein source. I can only do this. I can do only do that. No, th there are so many options. It's getting them to understand how to play with a solution that can fast track them to the end result within their capacity. Yeah, right. that's what I really love about your program, especially personalized to me. I really love that because obviously when I started, it was the same thing. It's it's a lot different from what I've experienced in the past with other people. So I really love that you cater to the multiple options because not everyone's the same. The sandbox is a little different for everybody. Yeah. And it's all about understanding the person sitting across from you and understanding that the sandbox is different. And here there are a lot of opportunities and the options of, oh, I got to change my lifestyle. Like completely to completely change my body versus you're saying no here is a here's a protein source you any protein source or any this is many options in here you have to decide what's right for you right you have to decide you have to decide how it can fit for your lifestyle and uh, versus here's a basic meal plan just do the just do this cookie cutter basic meal plan if you have chicken breast and rice for <laughs> six months straight you know what i mean that doesn't work for everybody you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day it doesn't work for everybody so i love that that uh, that your program is uh, adaptable and, and malleable one thank you for that omar that's very kind of you what i also find interesting is when i give clients all these options so i said lean protein source one two three four five Pick anything you like. Go. The world, the world is yours. <laughs> yeah. Pick anything. Then the topic comes up of time to prep. Right. Is it quicker to bake chicken breast? Or are you going to take the time 
and saute shrimp mm. or do you want to go get tuna and fillet the steak what what is your time yeah i've given you these options but now it's up to you to determine based on the time you have what is quickest for you do you want to take a sunday and be luxurious and cook like a tuna steak <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know slice it up and plate it and de- it's completely up to you yeah and so this is where it's something i think i just might put this on the, on a t-shirt it's discipline times creativity trademark <laughs> discipline <laughs> times creativity right so it's first being disciplined to work within the sandbox and then be as creative as you want within that i love that man and is the, i and if i can really go back to your prior question of where do clients sometimes struggle is the creativity everyone can be disciplined and hate being disciplined to get the job done many can do that but it's how can you now be creative and have some breathing room to have a social life mm. because i want you to go to the US in Houston or LA or Boston and enjoy your time there be creative yet still have that restraint to be disciplined at the same time so is that balance oh i love that man i really really love that i think one other thing that i want to touch on is is how um how have you uh you know personally you know managed um you know obviously you you do a lot of different things as well or at least um you know you have the career focus and career ambition as as somebody who wants to continuously take stuff to the next level um do you do you find that um do you, do you find that uh it's it's harder especially for you do you feel like it's a lot more harder maybe mentally or maybe even physically to figure out how to scale your business career corporate life relationships i don't know versus going to the gym and meal prepping and planning and doing the stuff that maybe is your first love because personally for me just the reason i asked is is i have a lot of things i want to do over the next 5 to 10 years and a lot of it's not fitness based obviously and a lot of it's in the creative realm the media realm um you know i love alphalete so people people that are listening i'm 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 dripped out in alphalete right now i think half of my closet now is alphalete mm-hmm. shout out to christian who is a uh serial entrepreneur but puts his fitness and obviously he being in the fitness space obviously fitness is a priority for him but it's uh it's someone that i that i that i see and i i i am inspired by So a guy like that who's running multiple businesses, who's doing multiple different things, also in the media space on YouTube and doing all these things, I want I want to know from your end, do you find that that side of your life is the most challenging to figure out or is it, you know what, the the fitness side of things has always been the most challenging but 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 keeping that consistent throughout throughout your life what 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 has been the 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 the, the difference great question how do i say this as efficiently as possible i know that was a long winded question no it's fine <laughs> it's, it's great lots for me to think about okay let's 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 break this down yeah the fitness side of things for me happens almost unconsciously right because it's it's almost autonomous 
I my eyes might be half asleep. I'll go into zombie mode at night. I'll just start meal prepping. Has to get done. I don't. I'm just emotional. There's no emotion. It just has to get done. With my with advancing my career to where I want to be in my corporate life, that takes a lot more strategy. Right. Because I don't simply just want to say, "Yeah, this is fine. It'll, it this will get me there." No, 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 no. Because of how competitive I am in my career, and with the things I want to do, with the people I want to do it with, because I want to grow with my team. I want the team to grow with me. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not selfish. I right. want the team to grow with me. I want to elevate people with me. How do I strategically? stack on skills where everyone learns at the same time to understand that my vision is aligned with their vision as well in the corporate space right so that takes a lot more strategy a lot more thinking with online coaching business i have specific kpis so everything for whether it might be my own fitness my own online coaching or corporate career it is very goal driven like this is the next step I've talked to these individuals within the space. I know where my bottlenecks are. I know where I'm lacking in skills. Okay, this is the next step. Right. And so you might ask how am I do I have time and or the capacity to scale things? The the reality is there is time. There's always time. But it is now what is the pace at which each of these things can scale or improve right because i cannot have the unrealistic expectation of things happening in a month yeah if i want these three areas of, in my life to really succeed i need to start removing certain habits i have to if I want to operate, and this goes back to Alex Ramosi as well, if I want to do things that are rare, I have to start working on different habits. Mm. If I want to operate with people in a rare area, okay, like what am I doing now that it isn't helping to get me there? Mm. And do you feel like your fitness journey has helped in your corporate life? Is there a linear sort of okay, I, the, the discipline and the competitiveness in fitness, has that translated and correlated to the competitiveness and the pushing and the discipline in your corporate and your career? I would say yes, but with an asterisk. The asterisk being, within the corporate career, I am working with many different colleagues. I am working with people within marketing, within comms, directors, stakeholders it is a team group effort to push mm. and so when i come to the table with new ideas i have to be persuasive in a manner where the ideas are taken on board as long as they're data driven and then it gets put into play i cannot be, be selfish and say this is the way or that's it. Hmm. I cannot put my selfish interests first above the corporate business. The business metrics matter. 
Yeah. So it's a very different arena because there are numerous players versus in my health and fitness, it's me. You versus you. It's me versus me. It's the old version versus the current version versus the new version I want to be. But you can take that even into, into your, your business, isn't it, Omid? I mean, yeah. it's where you were a week ago, it's where you are now, and where you want to be a month later or a year later. Yeah, I agree, man. It's totally, uh, there's different, like you said, different realms, different arenas, if you will. And, uh, and um, they translate differently across each one. And like you said, it's, an, it's the asterisk, right? And I feel, uh, I, I think just from my small progress that I've made in, in my habits geared towards fitness have translated directly into my how i how i move in my business just physically and even even men mentally now it's kind of the reverse as i've said before it's the reverse for me because i know how much how competitive i want to be in the space i want to dominate my space i want to be the best videographer media agency digital agency that is in edmonton in canada and hopefully the world, but at the same time, I do want to look good. I do want to feel good. And now I'm looking across, I'm looking at the mirror and looking at myself and saying, can I do this for myself now? Can I be just as competitive, just as accountable when you've had such a long day, you haven't fulfilled your steps. And it's not about, it's not about Pradeep being being accountable in, in our weekly check-ins. It's, are you accountable to yourself? The guy in the mirror that you've said that you're going to do these things. Are you going to just let your word go? Because nobody else is in that, in, in, in the arena. It's just you. So if you don't take your word account, if you don't hold yourself to the standard that you've told yourself, you're letting yourself down. Nobody's going to, nobody else is going to see it other than yourself. So it's not like you're going to get public public embarrassment or or team or whatever but can you hold yourself to the standard that you've told yourself and that's been the biggest challenge and saying yes you are holding yourself you're looking at that 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 golden nugget that that thing that you've always wanted to be but do you do you really hold yourself accountable on a daily basis to get to there so <laughs> I know long-winded, I, I, I wish all your listeners just saw me smile. That that was so beautifully said, man. There there are two things I want to touch upon. First thing is you, it was really wonderful seeing you articulate the fact that when no one's watching, when you're alone and you look in the mirror, do you are are, are you doing what you set out to do? Do you are have you gained your own self-respect? Are you respectful to your own words? I think that's really important. Yeah. Second, there was, have you heard of the, there's an individual named Chris Williamson. And he'd mentioned that the worst version of hell is when the person you are meets the person you could have been. Mm, that's crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Right, that's wild. And so th when I saw that clip, that really stuck with me. 
And yeah, I mean, can you can you imagine if next week, Monday, someone said, yeah, you're going to meet somebody. Okay. Monday, 9 a.m. It's you, but it's you in the future who did all the work. That's insane. Right? I love that. Right? The the worst version of hell is when the person you are meets the person you could have been. And it 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 might be difficult to digest for many people, but it's also about trying to develop habits whether it's in fitness or your business where you follow through. You need to follow through. I can as whether you're leading in your business or for me as a as a fitness coach, I can set through guidelines to help guide the client or guide the business. I can I can I can do that. But at the end of the day, as sustainable as we make this, as foolproof of the systems we make it, if it isn't followed through, then what's the point? Yeah. No, I, 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 you hit you hit the nail on the head, and I think there was a, a similar analogy to that, but you said it really, really well. But there was a similar analogy or a story where um, the, the person who passes away and he's in heaven and he's sitting across from God, and uh, he's like, "Okay, son, you can ask me any questions that you want. Tell tell me, you have any questions?" This is the time. And he asks, he's like, oh, you remember that time in my life when I was supposed to, when I was contemplating this, this thing that I was contemplating, what would have happened if I take, took the, if I said yes to this opportunity and if I actually did it? And then God says, oh, you would have been a billionaire and you would have been, you would have, you would have, your life would have been on a completely different trajectory and you would have been in magazines and you would have, you know, you would have been the successful guy. I, I butchered the analogy, by the way. I know it's a store. It's probably a little bit more in depth. But the whole th- the whole premise was, had you taken that risk and said yes to that opportunity, had you executed on the thing that you were contemplating, your life would have been completely different. And you would have been that person that you, that you had wanted to be. And, and so I think the analogy and the whole idea and the lesson here is, is whether it's in business or fitness to say yes and execute on those opportunities, execute and, and stand by your word because it's you versus you in the mirror and it's nobody else is watching. It's just you. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you say yes or no to other people, but you could completely change your life if you just execute and you hold your hold what you say accountable to yourself and that's it you need a shirt made saying execute on opportunity <laughs> I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one uh, <laughs> so omid owns the right to yeah. that like no one try to take this eventually me and pradeep are gonna make some some merchandise so we're we'll just, just gonna have all we'll, of these slogans just, <laughs> it'll just be like in association and collab with second floor podcast. exactly sandbox that's what it is. <laughs> Sand- we're gonna have one that's a yeah. sandbox you know yeah. you know what's really funny though raj <laughs> takes the mick out of me he he whenever i say things like this he voice notes it to me and says, 
he repeats it after me and he says i have told this in my group chat i'm not part of his group chat he, he's just like reiterating what i've said which is quite funny the story that you've just told almost touches upon regret yeah another brilliant quote and and i i forgot who says this it's when we make a choice the cho- no matter what choice we might make sometimes there is a bit of regret oh i, I wish i could have done this or um, i wish i did this instead i wish i hadn't done that instead but often it is when you make a choice what is the regret you could most live with mm yes that's that's where it is yes what are you most what can you what is the action you are going to do or the opportunity you will execute upon when at the same time you can go to bed sleeping with with that regret yeah yeah that's that's facts man i think you know and even even touching base on you know live and die by your own sword you know live and die by your own sword and and um and be okay with the the decisions that you make i think that's huge i think in 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 business and fitness and whatever i think i think the one thing that i've learned is just you know when you, once you make a decision whether it's in in business you you make the decision that is at the time the most right decision that you can make and just live by it because you in business it's such an unknown realm if 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 you're trying to scale and you don't have the knowledge you don't have the team the resources you don't have advisors you don't have board members you don't have directors so you can only make the decision to the best of your knowledge and um it's better to do and fail miserably than to not execute at all that's the biggest thing i've learned is truck forward and if you look like a dumbass <laughs> at the end of it at the end of the road you have moved you're not sitting and debating seven eight different roads or paths and not moving at all like, i feel like that would just eat me alive if i don't if i don't make a decision if i don't invest in my health if i don't invest in my business some way shape or form i'm going to look back and say man in my early 20s or in my late 20s i had all these grand ideas starting a podcast doing some cool things in media rapping i have opportunity to do these things and yet i didn't execute because what would someone say or how would someone feel or i don't know if that's the right thing because i don't want to offend certain people man i i couldn't live with that regret of not moving at all it sounds like you're saying fail forward fail forward fail forward would you are you also of the same mentality that you would rather because you started your business during covid would you rather start when times are really tough and you got a ton going on or would you rather start something new and amazing when life's a lot easier i mean i would probably take the ladder right i mean anyone would take the ladder of the easier route but i feel like if we're talking about business i feel like there's going to be a point where it's going to get really tough 
And so whether you start when, when there's butterflies and sunshine and rainbows or whether you start in the mud, I think eventually it's going to get to a point where there's going to be mud and it's going to be dirt and it's going to be all hands on deck. Um, I, the reason I didn't take the leap with my business, I could have taken the leap on my business years ago before being on in the, in the marketing agency, before all, all the things that have happened in the world. But when COVID happened and the opportunity was sitting there, take the path of the entrepreneur and business owner, which you've always talked about and always dreamed of, or take the path of go find another marketing gig and you can still work on your business. And, and it was difficult. It was a difficult decision. But had I not taken my path of, of trying to figure out business, I would have sat here and regretted and thought, man, what if, what would have that looked like? And so I, I just feel like it doesn't matter when you start, you just have to move. And again, I know a lot of guys my age who are contemplating businesses and contemplating creative projects and contemplating corporate shifts and, and going into certain realms and saying, oh yeah, like I want to do this omit, I want to do that omit. And it's like the that contemplation and the longer that contemplation is, is 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 probably the biggest hindrance because you start putting out all these different ideas negative 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 oh what if this happens what if that happens what if i do this what if i do that oh if i if i do my business i'm going to lose out on this corporate opportunity but if i take the corporate opportunity what if my business shines like you have to uh, sitting and then at that what happens is is you you become stagnant you just sit in the midst of looking at all the opportunities and years pass by. And then I talk to some of these guys six months later, 12 months later, a year later and say, hey, that idea that you were going to start a podcast because you were inspired by my podcast, what happened to that? Oh, you were inspired by my move from doing my business. What happened to that? Oh, you know, bro, like this happened. Oh, I had this and I had this. And you know it hurts them inside talking about it because they just sat too long in thinking about that opportunity. And so I think the biggest lesson or the biggest takeaway or th something that I give, give to the audience or whoever's listening is it doesn't matter if it's the right or wrong decision. Just move in, the, in, the, in, in, in any way, shape or form, just move. Does everyone listening understand how passionate Oma just sounded? <laughs> the, the, the amount I would, I would pay to hear you talk like this in front of a hundred thousand people. Oh, I appreciate it, brother. Because the way you move with your words is really something else. Thank you. From what you just said. Like, it yeah. was so passionate, mate. Yeah. Consider yeah. talking on stage oh, to other <laughs> individuals who are wishy-washy yeah. about their business endeavors because you've been there through the mud yeah. and you've come out to the other side. So two points there. First is... The number of clients who have succeeded the most in their journey from a health and fitness standpoint are those who started when times were epically difficult and tough for them. Work, it might be side hustle, traveling. It, they had so much going on 
but they still want to tackle health and fitness. So there's this added pressure. So they start when times were tough, and then when times were much easier, when they finished their online courses, when work slowed down, it was really easy. Like, yeah, I can match all of this. And then when life got harder again, they said, oh, hello, yeah. my old friend. I, yes. can, I can still do this because I know what it felt like during tough times. That's the first part. Mm. Second part, this touching point, your point is you mentioned thinking and thinking and thinking over a long time, just hibernating on thoughts. Do you feel that when an entrepreneur, leader, someone looking to get into better health and fitness or shape, do you feel people pondering over that long time are developing exotic failures that aren't even real? Yeah. 100%. Why do you think that is? 100%. I, it's, you, you fall in love with the idea of doing the things that you dream of. And so the actual idea and the feeling of that idea is more of the rush that they're looking for unconsciously versus actually doing the work, right? I want to be an Arnold, a Christian Guzman, a Pradeep. I want to do, I want to have that body. But that thought is the dopamine rush. What do I got to do? Oh, I got a meal prep. I got to wake up and get my steps in. I got to go to the gym. Oh, what would that look like? And you ponder and you ponder. What would that look like if I hired Pradeep to coach me and guide me? What would that look like? But what if I fail? But what if I succeed? What would that look like? What would that feeling? But then that feeling lasts a moment in time. What would that look like if I started that podcast? Oh man, look at what Kenny and Omid are doing. It's so amazing. I want to do that. What would that look like? That feeling of being on camera, the feeling of having these things. It's just that feeling. And that feeling they try to stretch. But then what happens is, is it starts cracking with, but what would people think? But what if this? But what if that? But what if this happens? But what if, what would my wife think? What would my, what would my brother think? What would my friend think? And then all of these things start to crack into that foundation of that idea. And then it's just, it's okay to just throw it under the rug and not worry about it. You know? The, the, the people try to get wrapped around their imagination. I think that's, I think that's what yeah. you're saying. They fall in love with, imagining success more than the reality of doing said work whether it be trying to grow an amazing business like yourself or get into the best shape of their life and learning lifelong skills it's it, it they they really do get wrapped up around daydreaming of what it could be like but there's a difference between doing something and thinking of something. Sure, obstacles will come up. You've faced obstacles in your business. This is life. It's not a bit of roses. Obstacles come up in your health and fitness. You can't go outside or you don't have a meal prep or you can't go to the gym today. What do you do? This is life. You have to solution for things. It will never be perfect or smooth sailing. You can, you can attest to this as a business owner. It will never be smooth sailing. And so you just have to roll with the punches and learn how to solution when and where the obstacle comes from. And this is why you have a series of mentors to talk to. Hey, I'm facing this. 
you've overcome this. Help guide me. Right? Yeah, I agree. And another thing I want to add on to that is a lot of guys get into the feeling of the chase. Mm. So the actual feeling like you are productive or you are on the right path is actually the thing that's hindering them. So for example, I know individuals who have always wanted to have a great body or have always wanted to start a business, a successful business. And I will sit across from them and we'll have conversations and they'll say all the right things, man. This, that, the, the things that we talk about. And, um, but yet years will have passed by and you, we, we recall and we have these coffees and we have these conversations and the pivots that they've made in their life have been linear, but they say, and they claim that they want the golden nugget. <laughs> they want that, but the actions and behaviors have not backed the, the the words and the saying. So I feel like individuals will unconsciously tell them, tell themselves, I want to be fit and I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to start this creative idea. But it's in a time that whenever they're motivated or whatever the case may be, they'll do it at that point and life gets in the way. And then it's, you know what? Nah, you know, bodybuilding wasn't for me. You know what? Starting a business or starting a podcast, you know, I'm in a different point in my life now, Omid. I'm doing now this. So the moves that they have made have actually just been linear through all across their life, whether it's business, health, relationships. It's linear. But in their mind or what they're saying is I want that. So I think what, what I'm trying to say is, is that the chase of looking at, I want that golden nugget. I want the successful business, the successful body, but the moves and actions have all been linear over three, five, six years. They've put themselves unconsciously in the continuous chase of just doing the things in spurts and doing the things and saying the right things to themselves, but they never get anywhere. It's very interesting to me. Why do you think people are excited? Or why do you think they get a rush by saying the right things to themselves or to you, but they don't execute? Why, why is there a disconnect? Well, I think it's, there's a, at least one factor of comparison, right? Like I'm looking at a... A Pradeep, I'm looking at an Omid, I'm looking at a Raj, I'm looking at guys online or in my space or in my field. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, Omid, you got a Tesla. That's cool. I want that. But that feeling of like, I want that. And actually doing it and bleeding out of your eyes to get that is something that I, again, that longevity of pulling that thought and stretching it over time. Oh, but then I have to start a business. Oh, but then I have to work 12 hours. Oh, but then I have to go to the gym. I, then I have to meal prep. I have to tell my wife to not make the curries and the dolls and all these things. And I have to now switch these things. 
that's hard. That takes that habit of that being in that habit and just building those roots. I'm saying the right things, but I physically can't execute. I physically can't do it, but I'm saying the right things. But all I have to do, Pradeep, is I just have to say the right things. And eventually, I'm just going to improve daily. I'm going to improve daily. Oh, you know what? Uh, you know what? It just it hasn't happened. But you know what? We're in, you know what? We're improving daily. How many times do you have to say that before you actually have to do something about it? Right? How many times do you... There's at a certain point, you just have to not be cool with being number two. You have to face reality and say, you know what? I am, a, I am, I am, I am fat. I am not in the place that I want to be. And this is not good. And it comes back to the accountability across the guy across in looking in the mirror and saying, I'm not okay with this. And then certain points, you got to take out that empathy. Say, you know what? I am a loser to myself. And, and, I, and, and this is something that David Goggins always says. He's very, he says, stay hard. And a lot of his, a lot of his uh, language is very direct and raw. And he says, you know what? You, ha you, have, to, you have to admit that you're a fucking loser is how he says it. And then once you're, once you're a little bit hard on yourself and face the reality versus saying, oh, I'm just improving. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. No. Be real with yourself and say, do I really want that? Do I have the audacity to say I want that type of body? I have the audacity to say I want that business. Do you really want that business or is this just a hobby? Do you really want that, uh, that, uh, that, that Greek god status or is it just a hobby? Um, if I'm going to the gym as a hobby, then, then admit that it's a hobby and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't sit across from me and have a coffee with me and have a conversation with me and say, I want Greek God status. I want a successful business. But then years have, have gone by and you haven't done the things that you're saying. You're just fooling yourself at the end of the day. I want to quickly touch upon that internal dialogue you just mentioned about removing the empathy and being hard on yourself. I know when I'm in the gym or when I'm trying to get work done for my corporate clients in my day job, the things I tell myself are definitely and probably not things someone else would tell themselves. Right. <laughs> so my internal dialogue is a lot harsher yeah. than it ought to be. But right. it's just I work better in that manner. Right, exactly. So based on that fact, does calling yourself a loser motivate you, positively encourage you? Or do you think one's internal dialogue has to be a lot more encouraging? So, so say, for instance, as opposed to calling ourselves a loser, do we then say, you know what, mate? I, I dropped the ball today. I could have done better. Tomorrow, we, we, we're, we're going to do this. Like, right. like you're capable of doing this. I want you to show up. Is that a better form of self-talk than calling yourself a loser? Because some people really resonate with David Goggins. Yes. And some people just want it rephrased into something else. I mean, again, you have to know your personality. Mm. But I feel like it's behavior as well. Like, 
if there's been years of, like you said, you can give them the sandbox, Pradeep. You've worked every little thing. You understand their lifestyle. You've you've talked to them enough to understand what they like, what they don't like. You've given the blueprint to do what needs to be done. But then years pass by, nothing has happened. What there had there's a disconnect there. So either they're not following the blueprint, and they're fooling themselves, thinking that they are, right? Something needs to change, right? So some people, like you said, might maybe they encouraging, keep going, you got this, it's okay. Maybe that works for some people. I just know myself personally that I like the real, raw, uncut, give it to me straight, man. Tell me I'm fat. Because that that anger, that emotion is going to move me more mm. versus it's okay, brother. You got it next week. I don't like that because because personally, I want I I need sh- shake me up a little bit, get me out, shock me a little bit to say yo like you are. When my parents told me like my parents told me you know last week my parents told me hey you're getting a little chunky mate mm-hmm. you you're you're a little chunk and my dad saying that oh man that fuels me up. Tell me. You know, and then maybe that's just how I was raised. I know my parents were a little, uh, you know, my dad, a military guy. So his is always raw and uncut. You're fat. Get your ass in the gym. Okay. Yes, sir. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know what? Don't sugarcoat it for me. But maybe some people, and again, that's a that's different. But I just feel like sometimes you just need that shakeup. Sometimes the, the, the real, and again, even in business. Oh, you didn't you didn't hit your quota this month. You didn't hit your KPI this month. It's okay. You got it next month. Business is not like that. You need to be real. The cash flow that comes into your business is it? Did you hit your numbers? No. Why? Because you didn't do X Y Z. It's not. It's okay. You didn't try hard enough. Because guess what? You're gonna go out of business if you tell yourself, "Ah, it's okay. You can do it next month." Because next month comes and you're gonna miss the goalpost again. You're going to miss the goalpost again and miss the goalpost again. And again, I just personally just in, in, you know, knowing individuals in my in knowing some individuals, I, I see a little bit of a pattern of, I want this, I want this, I want this, but then years pass by and nothing happens. And it's like, at a certain point, you just got to tell unempathetically, unapologetically, you just got to tell yourself that you are the way you are. And if you don't make a drastic change, the thing that you're looking at, you're always going to chase forever. It's never, you're never going to hit that potential. And now I am speechless. <laughs> that, that's what Omar does. And now I'm speechless. The sandbox, this, baby. This is the this sandbox. Is the- <laughs> Oof, man, you got to talk on stage, man. You got to talk on stage at some point. So s- sticking with the ethos of this podcast, the second floor podcast, yes, because, because we want listeners to know that they can completely develop the abilities to succeed in their own manner, in their own journey, health and fitness or business. How do you think listeners should apply the pressure on themselves to reach that second floor? Because clearly, sometimes it's a big priority for somebody. They get, they get shaken up. But sometimes they just kind of say, meh. So how do they apply the pressure to get to that second floor and above? I mean, the 
I'll, I'll give an analogy. Sure. Right. There's a guy. He's walking on the street, and he's walking by a house, and he sees a an owner with his dog on the porch. They're sitting, and he hears the dog whining, and like kind of weird whining. And he's walking by, and he's this dog is whining and whining. So he can't help but ask the owner, "Hey, why is your dog whining like that?" The owner says, "Because he's sitting on a nail." The 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 guy says, "Well, why doesn't why doesn't the dog get up off the nail and sit somewhere else?" The owner says, "Because it doesn't hurt enough to get off the nail." Actually, hurts more to get off the nail and move somewhere else. So, this is a business analogy, and I really, really resonate with it. Is that sometimes we're just sitting on the nail and whining, and it's actually easier to sit on the nail than get off the nail and move to a different and better place. And personally, from from my own experience in business and life, is is that I've always I've always wanted to reach the second floor, and that's why I created this platform. Why I'm so passionate about this is, I've never had the blueprint. I never had the handout. I never had the hey, if you just do X Y Z, you will be successful. Never had that, and I've had to, with all my might and heart, get off the nail. And whether I'm bleeding off the nail and trying to figure out being in a better position. It's the constant outreach and the constant movement that has allowed me to push a little bit and get, hopefully, get to that second floor. And so I think something that the audience could potentially take away from just my person,、uh, my perspective, is if you're not constantly looking to the second floor, you're never going to find it, and you're never going to move, and you're never going to, you're never going to want to move off that nail. And if it if the nail doesn't hurt enough for you to move, then you don't have then you then you don't have the thing that's going to get to get you to the second floor. That's a really great analogy. Yeah, bro. Thank you for sharing. And、yeah. that analogy of the dog sitting on the nail versus the pain to get off the nail that was really wonderfully said. To all the listeners here, sure, I was you know, I do offer. Health and fitness coaching, but I just want to just be real with everyone here. Yes, it is going to be potentially tough for you to go through your own journey. Everyone's tough is different. My tough, different from your tough, Omid, to someone who doesn't have responsibilities. Sure, there will be hardships. I have them. You have them. Someone else has them. But the goal is, you want to get to a better place. We we want the audiences to get into a better place, business wise, leadership wise, health and fitness, no matter what it might be. The opportunity is there for everyone to improve. It's just, are you going to bite your tongue and still continue to move forward? Are you going to get off that nail? And does it matter enough to you? To succeed and fail forward, because you are going to fail forward. I failed forward. I at some point made mistakes. 
I'm sure you and your business made mistakes. We all made mistakes. Like we are not sitting here as quote unquote masters. Like we are not perfect individuals. It's not like we never made a mistake. It's not like we never stumbled. It's okay to make mistakes. So it's okay to stumble. It's okay to feel pain. It's, we're trying to humanize this process for you. Trying to make this as relatable as as possible to you, and knowing that we too had struggles. I mean, oh my, I can't even imagine the struggles you had in your business. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot I can learn from you. Right. I mean, we'll we'll have more coffees after this, but yeah. uh, you know, to all the audiences li- listening, you you as as Omid said it, and I cannot say this any better. You just have to start. Yeah. Right. You you can keep having the guidance, but no one's going to keep pulling you pulling you towards your own journey that's right right yep i agree 100 percent. believe man i appreciate this conversation man i've been uh i've been enjoying this past hour um and so i want to just say thank you for coming on and thank you for this conversation um always learn something when we have this when we have conversations so i appreciate that if our audience wants to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you can you plug in where they can find you. Of course. Uh, you know, first off, Omid, thank you for this opportunity. I mean, thank you for the space you present. Thank you for the guests you have on this show. It's it's an amazing platform. What you and Kenny do as a duo needs to be highlighted because you, the, the value you deliver to the community at large with, the, with numerous professionals here is amazing. It's something for people to learn. So one, just thank you. I, I appreciate you, my man, appreciate and the you. progress you're making in your, in your own journey, health and fitness and or in business. So for those who want to reach out to me and, and discuss health and fitness or beyond that, you can catch me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is progress with PB. That's Pop P, I mean P for Papa, B for Bravo. Uh, Progress with PB on Instagram. You can find me. I'm an open book, and let's talk shop. I mean, Omid, I appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Um, as you know, second floor. You guys can find us uh, every Monday uh, on all your favorite audio platforms. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Second Floor Podcast. And also, as uh, a lot of our listeners know, we are on the radio now and we have a leadership uh, program called Full Switch um, every Friday, 6 to 7.30 Mountain Standard Time. So if you guys are listening to the radio on your way back home from work, 6 to 7.30, me and Kenny, uh, we bring on guests, um, uh, we bring on leaders, we also highlight leaders, and we also talk about leadership topics and all that fun stuff similar to second floor so um appreciate you guys and that is a wrap